This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, October 13th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. The House has voted to allow domestic oil producers to export crude for the first time in a long time. So why haven't oil producers been able to take full advantage of global oil markets until now? Emma Ashford, a visiting research fellow at the Cato Institute, explains who wins and who loses with a freer oil market. So it goes all the way back to 1973, when the Arab countries, um, in response to the Arab-Israeli war, banned the export of oil to the United States. And that was a really big deal at the time. We were heavily dependent on oil from the Middle East. There were long gas lines at you know, gas stations as cars tried to queue to get gas, lots of shortages, the price went sky high. And so in response, the following year, the government did a couple of things. It set up the Strategic Petroleum Reserve so that in a time of war or a time of real shortage, they could use some of that reserve um, to help the shortfall. And then they also banned the export of any crude oil production. So it stayed in the U.S. um, rather than being sent abroad. Okay. So here we are. The House has now voted to lift this ban on uh, crude oil exports, what would that mean if that were to happen? Well, um, it would mean that for the first time since 1974, with with some key exceptions, um, companies would be allowed to sell the crude oil that they make here. And the, the big thing is that a lot has changed since the ban was put in place. At the time, we were heavily dependent on foreign oil. And while no trade ban is good, there was at least a purpose to this one. But in recent years, the US has started fracking using new technology to produce oil. We're actually one of the world's biggest producers of oil and natural gas at this point. And so now we don't need the ban. It's completely unnecessary. um, And it's basically restraining U.S. producers from exporting their products. Who benefits from the current uh, ban on exporting crude oil? Well, the main beneficiaries are the refineries. Um, So we have a situation where the refineries in this country are tooled up to receive a, a certain kind of crude oil, that is heavy crude oil, mostly from Venezuela, Latin America, refine that into the stuff that we put in our cars. Um, What we're actually producing now with fracking is a different kind of oil. It's a light or sweet crude oil. The refineries aren't really set up to process it. Um, So the end result is we've got a lot of new supply domestically. We don't have the domestic refining capacity to refine it. That means that the refineries can charge a lot, or rather pay very little to the producers for their oil. They can sell it on at global market rates. The refineries are are pocketing the difference. Okay, so getting rid of uh, this ban would allow producers of light, sweet crude or or any kind of uh, crude oil to essentially sell their oil at a global price rather than the price set by domestic refiners. Exactly. So when the ban, when the ban is lifted, if hopefully it is lifted, producers would be able to go anywhere in the world to sell their oil. So they could sell it in other regions, in Europe, um, in Asia, to places that need it, that have the certain kind of refining capacity that they need. And in doing so, they'll get a better price for it. It might make intuitive sense as a, a first order decision to say, hey, we shouldn't be exporting our oil to other countries. We should keep it here and use it here. And that will be what actually brings prices down. But what what do you suspect would be the 
economic implications, especially the price at the pump for domestic consumers if domestic oil producers are allowed to sell crude overseas. So the thing that's kept it off Congress's agenda for so long has been the fear that prices at the pump will rise if they lift the ban. Um, but in fact, economists actually believe that because of this mismatch and refining, because of the fact that U.S. producers right now don't really have an incentive to produce a lot more oil, if the ban's lifted, they'll have the incentive to produce more, it'll lower global oil prices, and prices at the pump will actually go down. Um, even though the price today for oil is very low, in the long run, U.S. producers are likely to produce more, keeping prices lower than they would have been otherwise. So consumers will probably actually win out of this. And it's worth noting that it's hard to build a refinery. Yes. Uh, so it's difficult and complex. Um, it's also difficult and complex to sink wells for fracking. Um, by raising the export ban, we increase the incentive and the profit possibility for these producers. It'll help to create jobs here in the U.S. as we export that oil. What are the foreign policy implications of no longer make prohibiting exporting of crude oil. So it certainly doesn't look good to other countries that we tell them they can't have trade bans, they can't have tariffs, and yet we do these things at home. Um, so it's very hard for U.S. policymakers to object to some of the market-distorting things that, say, OPEC countries do in the oil markets, when we ourselves restrict the export of oil in this way. So if we lift the ban, that will get a little easier. Um, and then there's some other benefits. We can export U.S. oil and hopefully natural gas uh, more effectively. That will help countries in Europe who might want to switch away from, say, Russian supplies. Um, and it could help countries elsewhere. Is it fair to say that the, the, the oil issue has compromised some of the foreign policy dealings of Europe with Russia and other countries? Absolutely. Europe, Eastern Europe in particular, gets about a third of its natural gas supplies directly from Russia. Russia has a history of using gas shutoffs as a weapon, particularly to Ukraine, but also to some other countries in the region. Those countries in the Baltics, in Eastern Europe, if they have an alternate source of supply, particularly something like liquefied natural gas, they're going to want to take it. What has the president said about this? Well, it's rather concerning. The president has suggested that if the bill makes it through the Senate, uh, he may veto it uh, for environmental reasons, mostly. Um, it has already passed the House with quite a decent margin. It looks like it will probably pass in the Senate. So his veto is the big remaining obstacle. And I think we can just hope that he'll be swayed by the economic and foreign policy arguments that this ban is really bad for U.S. consumers, it's bad for U.S. businesses, and raising it would be good for everyone. Emma Ashford is a visiting research fellow at the Cato Institute. Read more of her work at Cato.org.